We try to play with great pace. We try to play with great pace. Ran a lot of pick and roll, pick and pop uh, type actions. Oh, you'll see us play. Some people look at the guy next to him and say, what the hell was that shot? Hell, I could have been Gronk before Gronk was Gronk. Welcome back to another edition of Coronations of Bangarangs and Daggers. I am your host, Patrick Gearhart, and with me, as always, forever and ever, here on out across this great country, Nate McHugh and Kevin Knight. Guys, we just saw Nebraska get beat by Georgia Tech 73-56 to in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. It started out okay, but it was not pretty. It did not end pretty, and Nebraska still got a ways to go. What do you what, what, what do you guys take out of this loss? Go ahead, Kevin. Uh, well, it is the season to lead off with bah humbug for the result. Um, I mean, we we had some nice uh, some nice offense in brief spurts, um, but it was definitely their first true road game of the season in terms of shooting and offense does not travel. And unfortunately the defense just wasn't there for too long of stretches at times. No, I tend to agree. I mean, yeah, this is probably their, this is their true first true home game. They went down to play Georgia tech in Atlanta, hostile crowd, uh, big, big time venue. It wasn't, you know, it started out okay. Nebraska started, I thought, the game out decent compared to what they've been playing. They they kept it with Georgia Tech up until the last few minutes of the second of the first half, and just kind of ended up losing it as the game went along. Um, Nebraska was led by Haneeth Cheatham with 14 points and 11 rebounds. Uh, next to him was Gervais Green and Cam Mack with 11 points, and Thor the Icelandic beast himself came off the bench for seven rebounds and 11 points, not a terrible showing from those guys. It's just that, well, the rest of the team didn't show up either. Um, Nebraska went in long, long shooting droughts, something we've been dealing with since doc Sadler's first time here. (laughs) Uh, So it's been over a decade uh, that we've been become unfortunately used to that, but it just, it was, the team's tightening up. It's getting a little bit better, but it's still sloppy. And I think this game proves that, you know, Georgia Tech's not the best ACC team out there, but they're definitely not a bottom feeder. So, you know, I, I think this kind of gives us a rough idea of how things are going to get when we start playing better teams as the season goes on. But, I mean, outside of that, you know, I, th- there was only so much you could take away from this, this loss. Well, you know, it's really hard to win basketball games when you can't make layups. I mean, it's not even, or, you know, not all of them were layups, but like contested shots, you know, around the hoop. I, that's a, fr- walking away from the game for me, that's the most frustrating part because it seems like, you know, Three-point shooting for Nebraska is going to be up and down as the season goes along. And unfortunately, free-throw shooting, that's just, for whatever reason, we have a bunch of guys that 
I don't know if they've caught the bad free throw bug and they're thinking about it too much, but they can't shoot free throws. I mean, they went eight for 18. I mean, I, I, you know, we have a, a junior varsity basketball game tomorrow, and I bet you that we'll probably shoot probably about that, you know, eight for 18. And, you know, I, but it's, you know, I think that's what we're going to have to expect going forward. But the fact that we can't finish around the rim <clears> – <throat> excuse me, uh, is it going to be an issue, you know? And I, m- I mentioned like right at the beginning of, of the podcast when we, or when we first started recording, I don't know how many months ago, um, Yvonne Eduardo, you know, that's not how you pronounce it, but I said he, he doesn't dunk it very often because he can't get up, you know, and he'll, he'll, we have to he, have guys that can finish around the rim and we don't. If this is five hard, there'd be a blue chew joke right there. Yeah. Well, thankfully, we wake we, up, we boy. keep it more. Yeah, we, we we keep it more uh, orange orange ball centered here. Um, <laughs> yeah, the uh, things that I really, really like, that was a good one. That was good. That was good. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the things I liked was um, we we actually had a competitive game of rebounding. At times, it didn't feel like it on the court. Uh, maybe it's just Georgia Tech isn't. If I remember right, my conversation with uh, from the Rumble seat, they're not the greatest rebounding team themselves. But I mean, we we barely lost the battle. It was forty three forty seven. I'll I'll take that over what we've been having for a large yeah. chunk no, of the season so far. You no, know, you're right, and it, it was pretty evenly split. Offensive rebounds split twelve and twelve with them, and defensive rebounds they had thirty five to our thirty one. Uh, no, you're right. They didn't play that aggressively on defense, just kind of like we do. Uh, I, one thing I did, I will say, is that they were also they had some height, but they didn't have exactly size down there. So they're probably not going to be the most aggressive in the paint. I mean, does that make sense? I mean, from what you guys saw, yeah. No, they're. I mean, they are not a team that looks like they're any type of elite rebounder uh, by any means. So you know. Take it with a grain of salt with the battle, but it's a step in the right direction at least. So that that's something out of the loss for this. Um, the, I mean, the, the the biggest I mean, the biggest thing I could tell at least from the stats, you know, just just by looking at them before we started this podcast was, um, you know, we both kind of Nebraska and Georgia Tech both really shot in the lower twenties for the three point range. So neither team took advantage of of the line, but it was just a general field goal percentage as a whole Nebraska shot 32% from the field where Georgia Tech had that 43%. And I think it goes back to Nate's point of you know, we just weren't pulling down those missed shots and bringing them back up. And as the game went on, I mean, Nebraska's biggest lead was 4 points and that was early in the game. And you know, once we started getting into those scoring droughts, there was just no pulling them out. You know, th- there was no aggression to get those off, you know, off shots back up there. At least I didn't feel that way. And maybe they're just not there as a team yet. I mean, one of the other problems that we had, too, was, uh, you know, we drive the basket and draw the foul and miss the free throws. Or we would get the second chance shot and we'd miss because we got fouled. Not every time, but I mean, more often than not in terms of, just frustrating to watch of see them get the, the offensive rebound, put it back up, draw a foul, 
or not draw the foul and try to draw the foul and completely airball it and miss the rim or go to the free throw line with a second chance shot that you got fouled on and miss the free throws. And it's just, you can't go eight for 18 at the line and expect to win on the road, let alone, I mean, that's not even going to win a lot of games at home, especially when we get into conference play. Um, but on on the offense, though, there there were times where we really did have good ball movement of getting the extra pass or, you know, dishing it to the right guy who would probe and get it back out. Um, so, I mean, it was nice to see us, at times really probe the the zone and, and get through that. Um, it's just, you need to make the shot when the ball finally gets to the open guy. And that just didn't happen tonight. No, I would You brought up a good point. I would agree that Nebraska is, they're getting up and down the court. Well, they're moving the ball. They're a fast team. They'll probably be one of the faster teams once big 10 play starts, but you know what they do when they get that ball is just not happening. And especially when you're going up against a team like Georgia tech, which let's be honest, is kind of a one-man team with Michael DeVoe. Uh, he's, you know, he had 23 points, four rebounds, but he was definitely the, I mean, he, he was he was the main threat for that team. Or, wait, no, he did, I think he had, he had 23 or 26 points. Uh, 26, and then uh, right down low came up with 18, although Eight. I think a lot of those were go. on transition. Yeah, no, you're right. I think you're right. But, I mean, for the most part, it was basically DeVoe and... You know, that one dimensional of a team should not give Nebraska that big of a problem, but they still are. And, you know, we're while they're not that great, there's definitely been better teams in the past. Nebraska is going to come up against an even tougher opponent this Saturday when they play Creighton. Now, while Creighton doesn't have a true uh, five man right now, they do have enough talent on that court to spread Nebraska out and to make those shots and to really give them a run for their money not just late in the game, but early on. So, I mean, th- this Georgia Tech loss, yeah, they're kind of a basketball name in a roundabout sort of way, mainly by association the ACC. But, you know, I-, I don't know how much we could take out of it, you know, for future games. Does that make sense to you guys? I mean, am I... Yeah, I, I think so. Um, they They offer some decent defense overall i mean it's early in the season um so it is a little bit of funkiness this early on when you try and base anything uh too into ken palm and stuff like that but i mean they're respectable defense they're top 100 they'll probably stay top 100 most likely in those rankings so it, it was useful to see a, a decent defensive team on the road this early on. I think there's a lot that we can have game tape wise to, to look at what went well. And uh, I, one, one thing that I'll uh, hone in on, um, I think you guys are probably aware by now I'm, I'm a bit of a Thor fan. He had a good game tonight, um, especially coming off the bench with the 11 points. One thing though, that he tried too much to do, and he's only credited in the stats with three turnovers, but there were a couple dishes that he did when he tried to push it up the floor and tried to force it a little bit too many times. I really think that three turnovers should probably be more like five when he tried to force a pass or two down low that I tried to get the easy layup in transition, but it just wasn't there. And 
he wasn't the only guy at times, and it's what we want to do. But I think one thing um, that they might want to go back and look at the tape more closely is uh, figuring out when to give up on it and set back up in the half court and figure out how to get points that way at times. Um, you you want to see the transition points, obviously. They're the easiest, but uh, too many turnovers trying to force it, and especially with... Uh, the height a little bit where even sometimes when they did get the layup, it was just blocked at the end at the, from behind or, you know, they were blocked a lot. Yeah. Uh, eight times by tech. Jeez. Well, <clears throat> I, I guess as far as looking forward, uh, the best player on the floor is Michael DeVoe and it wasn't even close. And I'm not even talking about it, that he happened to play, uh, better than the other guys. He's just a better player. And I don't know who would be second on the floor, um, but he's a dude. And I guess I have walked away from this game knowing that as of right now, we don't have a dude. And we have a bunch of guys that are trying to figure out how to play with each other, and that's expected. But we don't got a guy. We don't got a dude. And so when we go into Big Ten play, we're going to see a lot of dudes, and we're not going to have any until – I mean, we, we're, in order for us to win, we have to play great team offensive basketball because that seems to be the difference. You know, they, uh, they had 18 turnovers. We had 10. And uh, as far as second chance, po- second chance points, they only had two more than us. You know, seven to five. So we still lose by 17. We're know? losing. We're losing to ourselves. Yes. It, it's, mm-hmm. uh, so it's like, you know, I, I, that's, that's probably the more disheartening part. And do you guys know, cause I don't, does, uh, Georgia tech normally play zone. I yeah, have no idea. Um, yeah. They, they usually do, uh, a, a little bit of a variety on it. Um, uh, Coach Painter likes to kind of change it up a little bit with which zone he runs. It it looked to me like it was mostly three two for the night most of the time. Um, but I, I think he's he's known for changing up a little bit uh, throughout the game to try and throw off opponents. But I I don't I think it was mostly three two though in this one. Yeah, so I'm thinking that. And if if they've been running just zone, that might be a little different. But if I was um, you know, Creighton or whoever's coming down the pike, you know, I would think about running zone because we did not look very good against it. We, there wasn't a lot of man movement, you know, a little bit of ball movement, but they had no problem getting to our shooters. Uh, the other option is getting it to Yvonne like inside a couple times and then skipping it out. But he looked pretty uncomfortable in that position as well. I, I, I sure hope we don't see much more zone because if we looked – and that's the purpose of the zone. You look uncomfortable. You'd rather have a certain person guarding you. Uh, I, I don't know. So that, that was two of the things I, that I learned from this game is I sure hope that people don't continue to play us in zone and that we don't have a dude. So <laughs> that's just – and like that was like – I was just, just like watching him even just like walk around the court. You can just tell guys. It's like yeah, he's a guy, you know. So uh, – He's not even that big of a guy. He's he's like six five, like not even two hundred pounds. 
I but know, he carries just, himself. He's an athlete. Yes. He's a pure athlete, and he's great. And he's 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 Georgia Tech's biggest threat. No, I'd, yeah, I I would he, agree. No, e- easily he he outclasses anybody we have right now. Yeah, he went twenty six eight and seven. I mean, jeez. And yeah, I guess he's and it's not like it's an outlier. He's been averaging I guess twenty four a game this year. Uh, last year he averaged nine. And yeah, we just don't have that guy. And I don't. And I think the closest we have might be Cam Mack. And he's just so small. And he's not a great shooter. Um, and he's going to run into problems when Big Ten play hat starts. Yes, yes, he is. And yeah, I don't know. I was really uh, the. I mean, it's like I'm. I'm expecting missing free throws, and I'm expecting to be up and down on the three point line, but like missing shots at the basket. I just can't take. And if that's going to continue, then I guess that's what it's going to be because I obviously can't affect the game at all. So uh, that, that's why I kind of walked away um, from this game at least. Uh, that, that does actually remind me of one thing that I brought up um, earlier this season on the podcast, uh, sort of posing a question of do you guys think that um, the three-point line nationally – uh, the movement of it has seen a dip in three-point percentage. And after uh, all the games that we've had so far, it it has actually. It's about 33% roughly. Last year, it was about 38.5% average. So it it's down quite a bit uh, with the movement on that. So It'll come back. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, I'm, I'm sure it will once people adjust yeah. and whatnot. It, it might not come back up to 38 for... So basically what you're uh, saying is that this is a bad but... time to bring in a coach who emphasizes the three-point line? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm saying it, it, poses, it poses problems when you don't have anybody over 6'8 to also uh, rely on those close-in shots that he also likes. Okay, uh, it's how... it's going to be tough. How about this? Yeah. Okay, you look at our entire roster... Who has a who are um, I'm not saying that all they do is shoot it, but you would say okay you you know they're good three point shooters of all the players on our roster and I'm like in in a game uh, obviously if you just put them in the three point line and told them to shoot a hundred you know they all would probably do pretty good but like pure shooters and I that's what he needs I mean I guess one of the topics I guess we could touch on is that they got a new commit um and i guess if i would have prepared for it i would, would remember his name uh juco guy um shooting 50 percent from the three-point line like i guess number one rated juco in the in in the country and you watch him he's a pure shooter and i think we have maybe one other player on the roster right now that's just a pure shooter and that's uh kavas and he's he did not play very much today so uh, I don't know what they're going to do going forward, but yeah, it's uh, what I can tell. It looks like Frost is no, not Frost. Wow, football reference on accident. <laughs> um, Hoiberg the first one. Uh, has a bunch of guys that aren't great three point shooters shooting a whole bunch of threes, and that kind of bothers me a little bit. But hey, it's his system. And maybe he he thinks and has faith that these guys are going to get better, but Javay Green shooting threes that are like six, you know, six seven feet behind the three point line, and it's already like you just you talked about, Kevin. It's moved back 
already from the year before, and he's still way behind the three point line. Uh, yeah, he's three yeah. for ten today. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, they're, yeah, they're, they're not even necessarily always uncontested threes. Because, uh, I mean, once in a while you get a. If he was a better three point shooter, I would have less of a problem with it when he's open taking them. But there's times where he does it contested uh, more than he should from that far out way too early in the shot clock. And there's times where he just does it wide open with, you know, a decent amount of time ticked off where if he was a better shooter, it'd be more uh, less infuriating, I, I guess is how I would say it. Um, and the, the, we, we need somebody sooner than the uh, Juco commit though. Cause he's actually a freshman uh, graduating from there in 2021 to come to, to Lincoln. He's a 2021 commit. Uh, I'm going to mispronounce his first name. And I may or may not get his last name right, but it's Kasai Tominaga. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, the, I, the no, I, I think I, I think you pronounced that pretty correct. You know, I read it. I thought it was Casey, and then when I saw the tweet about it, I thought, oh, it's you know, I'm probably going to offend someone saying this. I thought, oh, women's basketball's got a a great commit now. And because Casey to me it sounds like a female name, and but uh, no, but obviously that's not how you pronounce his name. So <laughs> I, I will I will have it down by twenty twenty one if you actually awesome. end up in Lincoln. Uh, that yeah, that's so he, my promise. So he's then. not he's not going to be here next year. No, no, twenty twenty one commits. So need somebody for next season. Uh, but yeah, I mean we. It, it's going to have to be a team that if they win games, it's going to have to be because it's the team playing greater than the parts, um, which I mean, can happen. Uh, certain team I follow made the final four that way last year. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's not to say it can happen, but uh, it, it's not the easy way to do it necessarily, especially when you don't have three point shooters and a three point offense. So I, I, well. I, I, I wish um, we would see more shot attempts from uh, Thor, although he's he's more of a guy who will drive the basket and get the ball dished to him down low. But, I mean, he's he's up there in percentage-wise with guys like Green, but he doesn't take enough shots to really be able to look at him and say, yeah, no, you're a three-point shooter kind of, kind of guy. He's, you know, he's a one, two, maybe three a game uh, three-point shot. And I think he's got the percentages that he's as good as anybody else or better any given night. So it'd be nice to see him take more attempts to go with his drive to the basket. Well, he was two for two from the free throw line and uh, four for seven from the field. And so that's, at least from the field, that's you know well over 50% or the team as a whole shot, 32% for the game. I mean, 32%, come on, people. Yeah, I mean, Cheatham was the only one who shot higher in any category, uh, and that was from field goal. Uh, Cheatham was 6 of 11, whereas Thor was 4 of 7. So at least maybe I did my math wrong, but I'm pretty sure 4 of 7 is... No, wait, no, no, 4 of 7 is more. Yeah, no, that's higher than 50%. So 3.5% So yeah, no, that means, Thor was the best shooter in every category. That means he's a better player than Hanif. This one game, he's I I did not say that. I said he was a better shooter. Uh, no. I, I think Kenneth <laughs> was probably the the. I mean, not just his double double stats. I, I think Kenneth was the 
the best player for the Huskers tonight overall, not just based on the stats, but I, I think that backs it up at least. So. Yeah. Well, watching him, Hanif, he, he, you know, I was talking earlier about Michael DeVoe, uh, you know, how he's just a stud, right? And Hanif Cheatham, I think, I said maybe Cam Mack is the closest, you know, his ceiling, Cam Mack's ceiling is the highest, but Hanif Cheatham's, you can tell he's like, he has experience. He's, you know, he's used to the physical play. And he's the closest we got to a guy, maybe. As far yeah, he's, as he's, he's, he's not consistent. quite a dude, he's a little dude. Yeah. yeah he, he's, he's a minor dude, you know, not yeah, a he, major. I, I think I, um, if I can interject, I think I'd phrase it. Um, he is a quality player who plays like a senior who has experience and uh, the team really needs that. Yep. And fully, on this team, fully, fully yeah. agree. and yeah. on this team, he looks like a dude. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, on any other, on any other team, if he's on Michigan state, you know, first off, he might not even play, but uh, you know, he, he'd just be a very solid experienced senior. Um, but here he, 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 yeah, he, he played he had valuable he, minutes off the bench. Yeah, at, at a lot of good schools out there, <laughs> and that's who we got. That's who we got for the rest of the year. So, oh, I don't know. Nate, cheer up, man! This is Nebraska ball. This isn't football. Oh, don't even. I oh no, you're right. You're right. Be happy. Uh, <laughs> we we will have some fun nights when the shots. Yeah, fall. I will tell you that much. There, this is there Nebraska, could be, ball, man. Yeah. We're used to this. This isn't football where, you know, for 20 years we've slowly, you know, fell off the face of the earth. It's okay. We'll get through this together. <laughs> is this a, uh, you know, a, a, a support group for – is that what, what this podcast is going to – If gonna we keep to. losing, this very well could be a support group because <laughs> we'll support each other a heck of a lot better than Husker football fans. I mean, I I may need some uh, a lot of support myself, depending on whether the season turns around for the other team. But you know, the, um, yeah, Michigan lost, man. No, no, that that's good. That's <laughs> good. Yeah, no. The, uh, why why are you acting like that's what makes me depressed? <laughs> it was a joke. <laughs> no, no, I I know you get you get that one joke all season, and then after that, I'm gonna start getting offended and and yelling at you and. Nobody on the podcast wants to listen to that. So in other words, we're actually going to have entertaining content that people would want to listen to. You mean they don't like my basketball talk? They I love like your basketball talk, Kevin. but I want to hear Kevin go off on one of them. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, I mean, Hey, everybody gets lucky in early season tournaments <laughs> and then you can get exposed. Uh, I just can't really talk too much because, well, that's a, a certain team that I root for from that same state just didn't show up. So, you know, uh, Hey, but let's, uh, but let's be honest. Historically early in this early in the year, that team has that issue. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a classic that's normal. That's yeah, normal for it, It's a classic is a, uh, scenario. We play a ridiculously tough schedule against a lot of top notch opponents. Um, I mean, they just got back from Maui on, Sunday, I think it probably took the red eye Saturday night uh, and then played on Tuesday. Yeah. I mean, like, what what do you expect uh, out of them? And, you know, I mean, the entire team first off is having the usual ISO problems of 
figuring out how all the parts are going to work. You know, I mean, McQuaid and Goins graduating, uh, we're, they're the perfect type of people like what we were referencing with Cheatham of their quality people who have their role and they make the team better than the, uh, better than the individual parts and replacing them is tough. And we don't really have a true five and figuring out all of that along with Winston's, uh, own personal issues, um, with his, his brother. And I mean, the entire team was close with his brother. So yeah, I mean, it's just, it's going to happen. And, you know, a certain team from down uh, I-96 should probably be nervous about jumping up to number four and thinking that they're very good. That was quite the jump. I mean, uh, I was like, wait, they were, they were just receiving votes. Now they're number four. Yep, tied for the biggest jump ever uh, with Kansas from 19, I think it was 84, um, uh, which was not too many years away from when Kansas cheated uh, my team out of a a Final Four appearance. Um, (laughs) Home clock advantage. But yeah, I I wasn't even born for that yet, that game, and I'm still bitter about it. Yeah, I I, I think that might wrap it up for the Only Colors (laughs) podcast hour. Yeah, uh, hey, you guys told me to go off, so no, 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 you did, you did good, you did a good job. I'm sad that Juwan Howard is having more success than I think he deserves uh, this early on. So I I, I hope it comes crashing back to earth, but it probably won't. You got to remember, he. I think his coaching still going to be put into question mainly because he walked into a very good situation with a very, very good roster um, that had very good experience on it. And I think over time, that's probably where you're going to see how good of a coach he is. Yeah. Um, And one quick check-in around the Big Ten. It looks like Wisconsin is probably going to disappoint us for being the team that puts us over the edge to win the Big Ten Challenge this year. Penn State is handling business against Wake Forest. They're up 46-26 with about 15 and a half minutes left. And Ohio State is playing competitive at North Carolina. It's going to fall on them to get the road upset. Wait, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Well, yeah, road upset. They're not favored. They're ranked higher, but they're not favored. Uh, I think they were three and a half point underdogs. Uh, I don't remember exactly the line, but anyway, uh, it'll be up to Iowa State to win the Big Ten Challenge for us this year. Yeah, is Penn State better than we expected? Uh, They're better than I expected, although I did say that I I sort of was a little harsh on them in my preseason reviews. Uh, We've seen this before, and they've never materialized, and I'm much as I hate Pat Chambers, I would love to see them actually materialize as a respectable team that actually makes a tournament for once. Um, but uh, I, I was just saying they're going to have to prove it on the court for a change rather than just get the preseason hype from me. So I, I'm happy to be wrong on that. And I did couch it with, I, I could easily be wrong. I'm just, you know, I've seen this happen too many times. I'm not going to put them higher than what I did until they prove it on the court. They have the parts, but no, they're definitely one of those wait and see teams. For sure. I mean, they, and they've proven that year in and year out. Because I think was it last year, or the year before, where they came in with some promise and just flattened out early. Yeah, I'm trying to. Remember. I I think it was two years ago. Yeah, two two years ago they made the NIT, and then 
uh, won it, and then it was last year they returned most of the players from that and expected to be a tournament team, and they just imploded for the season. They, they turned it around towards the latter half, but, I mean, they just played abysmal for a good chunk of the, the early season into middle conference play. They finally rebounded, but... No. Um, yeah. yeah, we'll see what happens there now, so... Anyway, that's all we have for tonight for Georgia Tech. Nebraska comes back home to rest for a couple days before they head up north on 81 into CHI. What is it? CHI Arena now? 81. I-80? All right, I-80. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> God, it's late. I need sleep. Anyway, they head up to play the Creighton Blue Jays this Saturday. Creighton, not not the team we knew in the past, not the team that we expected too much this year. I think they're struggling a little bit, but still definitely a better team than what Nebraska is right now. Uh, should be a packed house. Should be a lot of blue and red in that place. What do you guys think? Just uh, you know, going into that game, what do you what do you guys think of this? Can Nebraska beat Creighton? Yeah, let's ask the Creighton grad first. Uh, huh, huh. <laughs> no, I think it's going to be ugly. I, I haven't got to watch, you know, because I have my own. Actually, I have a, we have our first game, actual game tomorrow, so I haven't been able to watch Creighton play, but um, I just, there's no reason, in my opinion, for us to expect to, to beat a team, you know, like Creighton, who probably is, you know, has four or five shooters on the court when, I, you know, when we can't make layups, I don't know. I, I can tell you that bothers me a lot. That how how many shots at the basket we've missed. Uh, so yeah, I don't know if you can't shoot it from the outside, if you can't make free throws, you can't make shots at the at the hoop. I don't know who you're going to beat. So until that starts happening, I'm just going to get assume we're going to get beat really bad. So in Creighton, if they smell blood in the water, they'll just run us out of the house. Uh, that's kind of what I'm going to expect. And all the Creighton fans can, you know, put their blue back on, you know, be nice and proud. And then, you know, when football season comes around, they can take it off and, you know, put the red back on. Aren't so, they wearing Reavers colors now? I don't care. They're <laughs> the J J skirts. Don, don't even get me started. Blue so. sweater vests. Yes, and they would. Most of them wouldn't be there if they didn't sell beer. So, uh, it does make a difference. It does. And if Nebraska fans show up to a team that, again, can't make layups, free throws, or three pointers, and there's no beer sold there. So they they require liquor. There's going to be they, a lot of PBR sold on Saturday. Yeah. Well, good Lincoln, for Creighton, I guess. Link Lincoln's going to leave a lot of money. <laughs> Those $8 Bud Lights really uh, add to the athletic department budget, don't they? If it goes to the athletic department. Yeah, true. Yes. They don't Mecca, own their Mecca, arena, Mecca, so. Yeah, Mecca owns or Mecca runs it, so. My yeah. student loans added to the athletic department. No, they didn't, but to the general fund or whatever. So. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm expecting loss, too. I, I don't know necessarily big. I mean, maybe Wolves. We'll, surprise and have a night of hot shooting but eh, we'll see we haven't yet i i mean they had they had one or two down in the caymans i think 
Uh, at least the first one against Washington State, Wazoo. they had a pretty high percentage, yeah. right? Yeah. It wasn't bad, but it was against Wazoo. Yeah. Hmm. There's Technically a lot of lentils. P6. There's a lot of lentils out there. <laughs> what about you, Patrick? Oh, I think we're going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, um, you know, Creighton's, Creighton's lacking what they need to compete at the high end of the Big East, but they're still a very good team. They're still a very well coached team. And they've all played together the past few, you know, couple seasons. They've got the the seasoned players to really kind of take it to Nebraska. And unless, and this is gonna be a hostile crowd, probably one of the more hostile crowds that they're gonna face before Big Ten play. So uh, I just I, I don't see Nebraska pulling this off Saturday. It would be awesome if they did, but. Um, yeah, Nebraska. I, I, Creighton's going to stay home, and they're going to have a nice Saturday night. I think. Unfortunately, I wish Here, I had more hope, but here, here's the, uh, well, the million dollar question for you guys. Uh, the, the fun way of phrasing it: Who will have a larger margin of victory, Ohio State over Wisconsin in their rematch in football, mm-hmm. or Creighton over Nebraska in the I eighty uh, beatdown? Or uh, brawl, I eighty brawl. Let's call it that. The, is that what you guys call it? I don't, call, I, I don't think we call it anything. Let's call it the I eighty brawl. Uh, the, the, oh no, wait, I I eighty pitchforkery. How about that? Pitchforkery. I'll have to think about that mm, one. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. Okay. There should be. Okay. There should be all the name. listeners, tweet at us. Tweet at us names that we should call this Creighton versus Nebraska. Rivalry. Should it be pitchforkery? Should it be the I eighty beat down the Jasker? I I don't know. I'm spitballing now. But yeah, no. Tweet at us. Tell tell us what we should call this uh, rivalry. So uh, I think that the margin of victory will be bigger in the Ohio State Wisconsin game. So I, I disagree. I think it'll be greater in the Creighton versus Nebraska game because I think for once Ohio State's going to get out early on Wisconsin and they're going to woe the horses because the college football playoff is right around the corner and they're going to want to keep their guys healthy. Well, then I guess it depends on what the the margin would be. I mean, they, they could win by 20 and do that and Nebraska could win or lose by 19. I don't know. I don't know. I'm so bummed today. So, do you need a hug? Oh, yeah, I'll get one for my wife. Thanks okay. for the offer, though, Patrick. No worries. <laughs> I'm just, too, I, I'm just, I'm just a mere two hours away. I know. I don't need one that bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all I got tonight, guys. Anything on your end? Yeah, I think we're supposed to. Last time we got in trouble. Because uh, we're supposed to tell people to subscribe, oh, yeah. subscribe, subscribe, and share. This is the podcast of Bangerings and Daggers. Um, what else are we supposed to do? Um, follow us, follow on, us Twitter. on Twitter. Yep. Yeah, follow us on Twitter. Um, and that is uh, at Bangs and Dags. Yeah. A N G S and. D-A-G-S, bangs and dangs, dags. Yep, dags, um, yep. 
Yeah. Uh, listen to our other brethren podcasts. Uh, the five heart part podcast sponsored by blue chew and John damn Johnson's crazy hour. Also feel free to throw shade at anybody who is a Michigan fan that comments on certain things. <laughs> <Just saying. laughs> yeah. Kevin seems to get uh, fans that seem to not like his, his like perspective they, on it's like they Michigan. sniff him out. It's like I, I, I smell anti-Michigan sediment. I must comment. Yep. Uh, I, I mean, some of it isn't isn't even really there. It, it's just inherently there by accident, and yeah, you know, yeah. But hey, uh, I, loyal reader at least for one yeah. section. At least they click. Hey, uh, before we leave, I on our pot on our uh, Twitter account, uh, I put out a poll. Um, if and the question is, if Nebraska were to play Georgia Tech ten times. How many games would they win? And the options were 10, 7, 5, and 3. And the winner with 50% is 3. So uh, that shows you how much confidence um, at least our followers um, have about this Nebraska team. <laughs> 3 out of 10 times is 30% chance yeah, on a Georgia against Georgia Tech. But so they're still following. Us. They still like. They still support Nebraska ball despite the yes. record. Yes. So really, put it for forty percent. I mean, we'll we'll show up hot some nights. They'll show up cold some nights. Forty. Yeah. I'm gonna disagree on that with with the yeah. polling. Call it the margin <sighs> error. I think Nate needs uh, to go to bed. I, I I think we all do. So. <laughs> yeah. It's only Wednesday, but when you listen to this, it'll be Thursday. Hypothetically, Hopefully. if if, if Greg if, if if Greg hasn't fallen asleep, and then it'll go out Saturday, and then it's just a crapshoot. Well, bah humbug, Greg. Please, please don't be asleep. Wake up, Greg. You're in, uh, you're in the Central Time Zone, Greg. Be awake. Yeah, be awake. Come on. I'm, I'm doing this from Eastern. Okay, rest All in right. peace to amigos in downtown Lincoln. Oh yeah, bye bye amigos. Yeah. Bye, amigos. All right, I'm out of here. See you guys later.